Welcome to With Whale, The Ultimate Show. I will start my coverage to the Canadian Association Professional Speakers, known as CAPS 2016 Convention in Edmonton. This is one premier convention for experts who speak professionally. This convention was amazing. I will share with you the good, the excellent, and the awesome of this convention and what's my experience. I will start with the first experience, which is just after reg- uh, registration. So I drove there, I uh, stopped by the hotel, which is a unique hotel. The hotel is indeed connected to the terminal of the airport. So you drive to the airport, the departure gate, and then you will find the hotel on your right hand side, even before you get to the air- terminals. Uh, I stepped in, um, it was so windy. Oh, the, um, the story is not about, uh, about walking to the hotel when it's so windy. Uh, I registered, everything was very well organized. You have your name badge and tags and everything is super, super, super organized. And then I asked, well, you know, like after driving for three hours in a snowy day from Calgary, I said, where is the first uh, uh, session? I couldn't like, you understand, like when you drive for so long, you don't need, you really need somebody to orient you where to go so you can sit and start. So I was given in, in instructions which I could not comprehend. I was told you can go back to the terminal of the airport. You walk by after you pass the, sec, uh, the second uh, check-in desk, you will find the stairs, you climb the stairs, you will find the meeting room over there. So I could understand because I did not come through the airport. So I, one of the gentlemen there was actually heading over. He said like, wait for a couple of minutes. And then uh, I followed, uh, I followed along and uh, I went through and uh, guess what? Indeed, we walked inside the airport by the check-in desks and we passed one, two, three, and then we found the first set of stairs, second set of stairs, and then we climb up the stairs. I found a lounge. And then I found an awesome meeting room. The meeting room um, will have windows on the tarmac. So you are basically sitting in a venue where you have an awesome speakers. And if you look to your right, you will see an awesome view of an airport and airplanes serviced, airplane taking off, airplanes coming down. And I don't know what's about uh, airplanes scenery, but you... Uh, experience how lovely will be the view of the tarmac of any airport. Guess what? It's Edmonton Airport. I encourage you to visit this airport whenever you are near Edmonton and uh, go get a drink inside the Renaissance Edmonton Airport Hotel. It's an experience which is well, well, well uh, awesome. It's more than awesome. I cannot find uh, word which describe this particular experience. I will uh, start this coverage with the very first session, which was one of the icon uh, of the industry, Patricia Freb, CSP, CPAE, and Patricia will provide a pre-convention uh, lectures on master class on powerful presentations. Patricia is an awesome. Uh, icon. She is not an expert. She's an icon. She's one of those who has been building this industry 
for long time and we don't want to say how long because I don't want her to be upset. I will leave you now with the first session of our coverage with Patricia Freb. We will go through the, the formal introductions. I believe the coverage we have is very awesome, very educative, very informative, and you will enjoy. Now to the first session with the introduction. Intermediate, 
I'm so damn good, I should be given the class instead of you. <laughs> No experience, not even sure who you are. Good, I love it. Anything I say you have never heard before in any form, and it is amazing. Next question. Are you practicing to improve or to reinforce bad habits? In reality, we're doing both. And as you will notice by all my presentations, there is an aspect of putting your actions and specifically your words under a magnifying glass, which means we just take a closer look at what you say. There is an adage that practice makes perfect. No, it doesn't. Practice makes perfect. And for those of you, we appreciate you're here, who are seasoned, and in fact probably could be giving your version of this class. What we do, but the more we speak, is reinforce what we do well. By taking a closer look at a lot of what you do, that in fact is working, what we want you to even better understand is what is the principle or the name to what you are doing naturally so that in fact in times of stress and let's face it often we miss plane connections or for whatever reason there's a total change in the program and suddenly we're not on at 10 o'clock in the morning we're on at 4 in the afternoon when everyone just wants to go to the bar or you could teach the techniques to other people. Even if you get standing ovations, constantly recording, I would encourage you to revisit what you are doing. And for those of you who are really seasoned, it's gonna work if you're intermediate as well, but certainly if you are seasoned, and you think I am at the top of my game and my business and reviews prove it, I would challenge yourself to have a live presentation, not an edited program that uses a demo. Have your live presentation transcribed. Read what actually came out of your mouth. <laughs> and I have coached CPAEs in that situation, people who charge $25,000 a speech before they come to me. And I've had people say, please don't read it, I'm embarrassed. Too late, I can see more. <laughs> and then what you do, because you say, okay, I'll have it transcribed, now what do I do with it? Very simply, one, you take a yellow highlighter, and every time, you see the word I, you yellow pipe. It is impossible to speak without saying I. However, can you reconstruct the sentence 
so it isn't the first word. And when you look at your script and you see I, 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 at the beginning of every paragraph, you need to re-script it. Then look at what I would consider non-words. And what I have noticed, and this is in my executive client presentations as well as speakers, and you notice I've already nabbed away. You don't kind of do anything. You do it, you don't do it. And I say to leaders, you're trying to be one of the guys. You're not one of the guys. They want to know what you say is right. So the action and the strategy that they take is right. You don't kind of anything. You do it, you don't do it. So look at any kind ofs and sort ofs and you pink highlight. <coughs> you will find we all have our favorite words. One of my clients who was a, spoke at the last uh, NSA convention, charismatic, amazing speaker, 80 speeches a year, $15,000. And he, for who he is, he, he could charge more. And his favorite word is actually. I said, you actually do this. Well, I'll give you one or two, but I won't give you 15 actually did this, because you did it. You do it, you don't do it. Now, you are not aware of this until you read it. Because there's the presentation we decided and we outlined and we worked at delivering. Is what came out of your mouth. And then there is your improved presentation based on your review. So at your level, the I could be giving this just as well as you, I would challenge that. We might have different points of view. And I have had two-day speaking schools transfer. It's a horrible shock for me. How can I stop five paragraphs in 15 minutes with now? So we all have our words that we work on. And I challenge you, as soon as you wipe out one, something else will slip in. <laughs> it does not matter. You never, please, you never get to the ultimate as good as you can be. Half of the thumb. Strong. When we speak to an audience, we speak <coughs> to be remembered and repeated. If we are a breakout session at a conference and somebody walks out, it could be an NSA or CAP, oh, you went to breakout session. What did the speaker say? I went to another session. They will probably say, oh, he said bullet, 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 told a great story about this, and what resonated most, and what I'm really going to do is this. Here's another one. Very often, we speak to the audience of our audience. A good portion of my work is working with sales presentations. Some of my clients, when they ask for business, they're asking for $20 million. Now, it usually takes a year to get to that presentation. 
in most sales, and this is true with us selling our services, we are talking to, we can't always get to the economic buyer of the first call ID. You are usually talking to an influencer or people giving you information, preparing you for when you talk to who is going to make the decision. If your initial conversation, well, we need our initial conversations to be so clear and concise and credible and speak in short sentences with pauses so that whoever we're talking to say to the management committee, we have looked at five consultants and five speakers. These are the two that we're recommending. Because somebody is actually selling you for you. Now, you can sell yourself, great. But often, somebody is going to say, we have selected these two because of these reasons. You are speaking to the audience of your audience. Now, who is my friend said I'm getting great reviews why I need? Why am I not getting more bookings? Who is my friend? I talked to. Way him. over here. There, good, perfect. And what you actually said to me, and remember, I want one sentence. The one sentence on cue. No, you said to me, Patricia, I am known as the best tech speaker for. Oh well, I okay. So I, I was the Tech Canada Speaker of the Year. And I get very high scores, and I'm just wondering what to do to improve conversion from CEOs. One technique is, and it's great when you're talking to CEOs. CEOs, okay. What you can do is, of course, do a good review, and then say, "Is when you go back to your team." Make sure to tell them, bullet, 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 bullet. Hold them accountable for bullet, 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 bullet. And remember, if you need help doing it, you now have a new best friend who is a technology expert. And that's before you close. And throughout your presentation, of course, you have case histories of how you help people just like that. By the way, I notice you taking photographs of my slides, which you're welcome to do. Would you please write down frick.com forward slash handouts. Frick.com forward slash handouts. What you will find is a handout of all the slides, free a pen. Online, it is a writable PDF. So you can take all the notes you are taking, go in, if you want to be clean and tidy, and type in your notes that went with the slides. Two, you will have We'll be working on opening lines. You have 22 actual opening lines, and this is great to be creative. 
So for example, some of these we will be talking about, others we don't. If you have a presentation you often give, it's your core speech that you personalize for different audiences. When you have it so mastered, sometimes you get tired of it yourself. The audience is like it. And one way to come up with the same framework, but new openings, or new stories that make the same point will help you fall in love with your own content again. So this will give you some ideas. And there are also 26 actual techniques to open your presentations. That's all online. Here we have, because the focus of this presentation before it becomes highly interactive is we're going to look at, ask you to revisit the structure of your presentation. That is also online, so is this one, which is blank, so that you can use it to fill in yourself. Online, this is writable, so you can keep it on your desktop, and actually, once you put together your speech, put in the little bu bullets, print it out each presentation, which is a very easy way for you to keep notes. So what was the link? This is the intelligence advertisement. <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah, forward slash handouts. Good. <laughs> did somebody call me over here? I did. Can you just do a, a backup and a repeat for me? Um, make sure you tell them bullet, bullet, bullet. And what was the second thing? Oh, yes. Oh, I'm glad you And then hold them accountable to bullet, bullet, bullet. And do it all before you close. Yes. And then, if you need help, I am, you now have a new best friend who is a technology expert. Or you have a new best friend, which is the Steven Spielberg of speech coaches. Or whatever it is that you do. When you're in a keynote speech, because what do we always hear? Our management should have heard this. Then you so, so when you go back to your company, remember to tell your management, oh, we went to this conference and heard this incredible speaker who said bullet, 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 bullet. And that we now have a new best friend in marketing. And I would highly recommend you invite her in to give a mini version of what you heard to the management team. Because we know what to do, we need your okay to do it. And she or he would better explain the methodology behind what we heard. And she told this great story about how she took this company, blah, 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 blah. And within three months, not only did they get the investment of her, of her services back, they had increased their market share by 18%. And we could do that here.
And that is the logo that he uses, or his headshot, which is the best headshot for anyone who is creative. And I use that, he didn't say this, but I put these words in his mouth, and that is, we cannot trust inspiration. You trust technique. You trust discipline rehearsal. You trust preparation. I am a big stickler with you need to know exactly how you're going to open your presentation. Your spouse could elbow you in the middle of the night and without coffee, from a deep sleep, you could deliver your opening lines. And when I have executives or I had one six foot five ex-general with one of my clients. So when I get to the when I get to a conference, I see what's happening and what seems appropriate, I use that as the opening line. I said you can't trust that. Have a knockdown drag out, you're comfortable with the opening. Then if inspiration comes, that's a bonus. And what I would often say, because I've noticed great speakers, and the intention is good. They want to tie into the last speaker. They want to tie into the introduction. But I've noticed it's a bit flat. So I would say to err on the side of caution, do your knockdown, drag out opening, and then, before you transition into the body of the speech, you add the inspiration. And the ex-general was arguing, and I said, I make guys bigger than you cry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's roll up our sleeves and get to how you structure your presentation. Will you, and look at this as two ways. One, I have a presentation that I deliver that is so great, this is my speech. I'm not working on a new speech. Will you raise your hand if you want to look at these principles and see if they fit in the speech you have now? Good, compared to, I want to write my first speech or a new speech, I'm more good, fine. It doesn't matter, but this will be more helpful if you focus on a speech. It all starts with who is the audience. And often, because I speak at lots of national speakers association chapters and we do many coaching, which is what we'll do a lot of, people say, Oh, who's your audience? Everybody. You might have universal subjects, customer service, market, market leadership. They can be general subjects. However, it is better to focus on who is one audience that I either spoke to or was coming up. Because the more you understand the nature of the audience. Now you might say, well, I speak at conventions. There's, there's 1,500 people, they're in this industry. Yes, well, it might be, for example, one of my long-time clients is the American Payroll Association. 
So within my audience, there are payroll managers, there are HR directors, and there are some people who work on the technology to do with payroll. So I, in, with those three audiences, although primarily they're payroll managers, within your presentation, you just acknowledge in at least one, maybe two of your talking points. Now, for those of you who are an HR manager, this applies this way. Or for those of you who are the heroes that created this technology, this applies to you. If you are a technical speaker, you know they might all be CEOs, but some are more technical, some are not as technical, and some their eyes glaze over and they outsource it to all their technical staff. You need to acknowledge, so you're looking at this talking point from, well, those of you who are less technical, this is important because. Those who are a little technical, and those of you who this is part of your bread and butter. Always, if you have an idea, you start fat and get thick. Get scared. In other words, high level. If you start detailed and specific, and the people don't understand, their eyes glaze over when they can see why you need this technology, higher level, they will stay with you when you get your tech. So who is your audience? We need to connect two ways. We emotionally connect our stories, our youth-focused language, our schmoozing with the audience, our playing off the audience is gonna make it an emotional connection. However, we do have to have an intellectual, logical part of our presentation, especially, of course, when you're dealing with C-level audiences. They, they have to, they'll enjoy the stories, but they need to see where is the return on investment. Ryan Palmer, who is the president of the National Speakers Bureau, very good, long-time Speakers Bureau, he came and spoke to my mastermind group and he said, one of the biggest differences in booking speakers now, the bean counters have a lot more to do with the decision-making process than they used to. How we'll spend $20,000 on the speaker, where is it gonna pay off? Even if you would consider yourself <coughs> And this might be in the selling of the speech. It can be, well, my role as your luncheon speaker is to wake them up because your technical sessions are hard work. If you want them to pay as much attention in the afternoon technical sessions as you do in the morning, we need to give them a total change of pace, make them laugh, make them get. There are three elements of your presentation. The content. What it is you know, what you're going to speak about. If I was to ask Lowry, Larry Olson, what is your, and, and this amazing runner is going to come and give you a microphone. Charismatic movie star. In not more than one sentence, 
What is the subject of the presentation you're going to look work on? Uh, my talk is called "If Not You, Then Who?" And it, the subject. Okay, good. Now that is an interesting title. What is the subject? The subject is not the title of your speech. The subject is to uh, revisit the question, who do we think we are? Okay, no. Now you're telling me about the content of the speech. What is the speech about? I'm not sure. yet to be uh, written and worked on, but uh, exploring uh, things from new perspectives. So Okay, good. Now, we get paid for what we know. 
we get paid well when we deliver it well. Now, this is assuming that you are not a best-selling author, you're famous, you've got a TV show, or for whatever reason you're famous. Famous people who are going to conferences, it's great if they give good speeches, and some really do. A famous speaker is booked at a conference to make money, to get good attendance. People like us are famous people no one ever heard of. <laughs> we do the heavy lifting. We're going to personalize our presentation, we're going to do all the work, and we should be consistently good. And once in a while, we are amazing. But we are paid to be consistently good. And, I, and it's much better. I used to be in the hairstyling business. I would rather have staff who were consistently good hairstylists than occasionally great. There's, there is no true quality without consistency. When people walk up and see you, when they, now if I fell over and broke my teeth, <laughs> I don't foresee. Yeah, <laughs> you're a good dentist as well. When somebody sees you and say, I need my company to hear that message, one, you need to actually exceed their expectations. Because if you deliver the same presentation, it won't seem as good. Now, you can give the same presentation because that's what they want. However, you're going to personalize it to that group. And you do that by interviewing people. Anyway, so let's go back. So, Sheldon. Yes. Uh, you are a VIP, so you are a perfect example. You represent every VIP. Oh. So stand up. <laughs> <laughs> How do you make your living? I'm a magician. Good. Don't make her disappear. <laughs> it would be easier if you worked in technology. You're a magician. And what, what, how old were you when you decided, I love magic? About 11 years old. Okay. And before you were 11, what did you want to do when you grew up? <laughs> That's a bit about it. Uh, I at one point it was uh, an architect. Ah, good. Is your dad an architect? He's not. Because very often, we're going to be what our parents were. Good. So at age 11, you have the vision of what your life would be. Yes. What is it that a magician has to learn to do that even though we are not magicians, what are the principles and the disciplines that would help us? Uh, would be to... Think ahead of the audience. Okay. So in other words, we as speakers and consultants have to anticipate our clients' needs and we need to know what they want because we know what's invented that they don't. It's more than giving what they want or they think they need because we know there's more to it. Good. So you can, what else? Uh, creating that feeling of magic. So how to do that? How to inspire? Now that 
good, but it's not specific. I don't know how to make you feel like you're getting presentation skills training. So, you, but you see, this is the creative process, and it's tough to do alone. And do you know who Shep Hykin is? Shep Hykin was a past president of the National Speakers Association, and his subject, he is an expert on customer service. He started at trade shows doing magic to get people to look at cars. That's how he started his career. And I recommended, which he did, he went and took all the magic out. I said, no, no, you need to put, now your speech is, of course, by customer service, but you need to put some of the magic in. Because when you have a skill, whether you can sing, you can juggle, you can do a magic trick, you can play a guitar, whatever it is you can do that other people can't do, put it in your presentation. So one, you do have to have some magic. Then look at the principles and the disciplines and what you have to learn. And you came out with the first brilliant one which we can adapt. And then you talk about, from a point of view of a magician, then you go and you will have plenty of caps, especially those that go to the 350,000 plus yeah, and, and, and talk, this is the principles. What examples, how can you help me? What do business people need to know? Now you, of course, can help some of the business speakers. How can you put a little magic or, or I would say flair and creativity in the presentations? This is collaboration. This is what we do in CAPS and NSA. Was that helpful? Very helpful. Good, give them a hand. I am sure you as a speaker do not do this. My clients in corporate America do it all the time. They start with a PowerPoint. No, because they use PowerPoint as a scripting aid and it is a visual aid. Take a yellow pad, a flip chart, however you work, and Put all the stories and examples, the quotes, anything that might go in your presentation. The content. What could go in. The creative process is messy. Your visual aids are tighter. They have different problems. So first of all, if you're starting, and what I would encourage you to do is talk to someone, one, they might be more seasoned than you, but it doesn't really matter. Any curious person, a civilian, someone who does not want to be a speaker, but has watched your magic act, you can tell them what you do. Often I've given some of my male speaker friends advice. And their wives say, you tell him that all the time. And I said, you know, this is exactly what Karen tells you. Yes, but she's not a speaker. Yes, but one, she has your best interests at heart. And two, she is like the average audience member. Remember one executive, I said, first time I met him, I said, what do you want to help with? He said, how can I make small talk a cocktail party? I said, 
Your company is paying for this high price beach coach, and that's what you need help for. He said, yeah. I said, how often does your wife tell you you don't smile? How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> Based on your subject, what is your premise or central theme? This is the big idea you want to get across. If I were to ask you, if you had one sentence rather than 20 or 45 minutes for your presentation, what would you say? If your answer is in one sentence and not a paragraph, you probably have your central theme. This is what I call the premise of your presentation. The dictionary definition of a premise is a basis of argument leading to a conclusion. Once you have your premise, then you list your key talking points or what I call your points of wisdom into the outline of your presentations. Your talking points Prove your premise. They make your case for you. Now, just to make... So the most difficult one sentence of your presentation is to come up with your premise. The big idea. That's why in one sentence, or a couple of words, what's your subject? Now, it isn't your subject. The premise, see, your my subject is 
presentation space. That is my subject. In a moment, you will see in the PowerPoint what my premise is. Sometimes you state your premise, sometimes it's for you, but it has to be clear to the audience. And then your talking points, they say, prove your premise. So if I tell you, for example, one of my speeches for the American Payroll Association is selling yourself and your ideas to your senior manager. My premise is every, every payroll manager can sell themselves and their ideas to the senior manager. Oh, Patricia, how do I do that? Bullet, 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 bullet. And if you do that, you win. This is the skeleton. So again, just to have this in your handout, when you print it out at home, the writable version, the premise is a basis of argument leading to a conclusion. That's the dictionary definition. Here is the famous premise model. We may deliver the same presentation to different audiences. The audience is different. And I would challenge you to come up with your own premise for each audience just to help you focus on. First, you'll see the outline, and it will not make sense to you until we fill it. Every dot, dot, dot. What do you think that means? Yes, we're going to fill in the blank. A smart gentleman. Can? Subject of your talk. All the results. With the American Payroll Association, I could say every payroll manager can get promoted. Oh, I want to get promoted. How do I do that? Well, you learn to sell yourself and your ideas to your senior management. Oh, how do I get that one, two, three, four? So, may I suggest our friends in the health and wellness peg at NSA? If the economy is tough, then we are not selling health and wellness. We're not selling meditation or exercise or nutrition. What you are selling is productivity. Now, how do you get to be more productive? You have to be more relaxed and healthy. Well, so we build exercise, meditation, nutrition into your everyday life. You're selling the result, not the subject. Does that make sense? Any argument? How? And that's your points of wisdom. Is your, is your premise or sentence uh, followed by, oh, how do I do that? Well, this is, hopefully this will make life easier for you. So every cat's member, oh, that's me, can better prepare and present powerful, persuasive presentations. Oh, goody, 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 how do we do that? One, by designing your presentation focused on your audience. 
This is why it all starts with, what is this audience on this step? Structuring your presentation more conversational. So what, what we mean by that is, you could say, maybe we met, and take say, Patricia, oh, what, what's, your what's your session about? Well, about how, how you can prepare better presentation. Oh, how do I do that? And I'd say, well, it's very simple. You've got to design the presentation based on the audience. So who's your audience? Then, oh, so your audience, Jackie, would be, who's your next speech to, or your last one? Convention, oh my gosh, you could, I hope that you charge them a lot of money. <laughs> good, all right, good. Now, the government is big, specifically, who in the government? <laughs> You've got some very classy clients. <laughs> yeah, Randall, I think that's talking to the economic buyer, don't you? <laughs> yes. Good. Structuring your speech more conversation. You see, we could explain what we're doing just talking through it. And a speech is not conversation. However, a good speech sounds conversational. The difference between a conversation and a conversationally sounding speech is that we think about it in advance. We are more on track. We think of the best ways to get our messages across. So it is tighter and more specific than conversation. Because in conversation, we have no agenda. We go back and forth. And I admit, I am famous among my friends and my brother, to change subjects with no transition. <laughs> brother says, sister, we were talking about that yesterday. Where did that come from? So now I say, let us change the subject. Remember what we were talking about yesterday about what mother told us about this. So it is a tightened specific. I am very big. A fricasism is specificity builds credibility. I slap people around. And I do a lot of virtual coaching. I'll say to my executive, well, yeah, that's slapping. You use the word stuff. Stuff is rubbish debris. And one of the most frequently asked questions of my executive clients is, Specifically, what do you mean by thing? Thing isn't specific. Especially working in Silicon Valley. We are speaking internationally, and you're only 45 minutes down the road. It is an international audience. The best educated, highest paid professionals. English might be the second or third language. That means, even though they speak business, English. You have to be specific or they do not, they can't, they grasp the overview, some of the important details. What you mean by thing becomes very important. Anyway, so uh, it needs to be conversational. So you can talk through the outline 
with a pack. Adding memorable stories and razor sharp specificity. And building rehearsal into your everyday life. Oh, Fred, I, and of course, my executives and busy said, I don't have time. Well, you might not have time to lock yourself in the boardroom and practice an hour presentation. But what you do do is you walk up to your colleagues at the water fountain and say, have I ever told you the story about when my dad ran a gas station? See, what you are doing, you're practicing segments conversationally at the dinner table when you're driving. I rehearse my presentations on the treadmill. Take my notes, because when you are moving, because both legs are moving, your left brain and your right brain are tuned in together. So you can hold the overview in your mind, but as you're going through, often better words come out of your mouth. So it's whatever works for you, but that's what works for me. You have been paid a lot of attention and you've been really wonderful. At this point, where's my runner? What are your short, specific questions about what you've heard? Patricia, which transcription service do you use? Sam Warren mentioned one, I think it was called ram.com, I'm not sure. I there's one that keeps writing to me I haven't used yet from eSpeakers. They're done. Just Google. I don't have one I recommend. Uh, yes. Oh, sorry. Uh, when you say specific, do you mean concrete? I'm not sure what you mean. All right, specific. specific. Would you, for example, Darren McCroy and I had coaching camps. And I sat at the back of the room and people kept coming up with the three things that will make you successful. And I sat at the back of the room and came up with 39 words that they could have used instead of that. Would you rather hear a speak? Would you pay bucks to hear three things that will make you successful, three strategies that guarantees your success? So when you say, if you're saying, well, let's just give me an example. Who is an intermediate speaker? All right, you've got them like this. Stand up, pick up anywhere in your presentation. Begin it. Anyway, just pick up the piece of information. Now stand with a woman. You're a woman who looks like she's in control. <laughs> if you, when is your next presentation? Um, oh, when? Right now, well, right now. At 4.30. <laughs> at 4.30, Oh, good. What are you speaking about at 4.30? Something that I don't normally speak on, which is the value of cows. Good. All right. On the subject of the value of cats, here's Sarah. One clap. <laughs> So, like many of you, I uh, when I came to CAPS last year, I was completely, um, no, sorry. I'm just, okay, take two, take two. Can I actually talk about what I normally talk about? If you want to. Okay, that would be great. And you're, you're normally talking about? I normally talk about recognition. Recognition. Here is Sarah. I actually have nothing. <laughs> 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 
I actually... No romance does does not mean in circumstances that you, your mind, your brilliant mind went out the window. those hoes. <laughs> the men are all going to be looking at your legs when you go to get coffee. <laughs> My question, when it comes to rehearsals, how do you differentiate between keynotes and breakouts? Because breakouts, for me, are more conversational, and I don't rehearse the same way, but I know I need to. Or... Good. What is the difference between rehearsing for keynotes and breakouts? Obviously, with this session, a lot of it is interactive. You don't know what's happening. What is normal for example, when I say don't be talk don't be saying stuff and use non-specific languages, people say all the time, executive speakers, I don't do in speeches. I say yes you do, because I listen to you, you just don't know you're doing. The only way you can take to the stage tight specific language with good word choices is to build it into your everyday conversation. So that's it. However, what you can do, looking through the outline of my presentation, the welcome to an action-packed content-rich audience involving presentation, there are segments, I would say, your open and your conclusion would be very good to rehearse. If there are segments of your content that is delivery, you can rehearse that. When it comes to interaction and playing off the audience, um, this session and the, the one I'm doing on Monday afternoon is a lot of mini coaching. And that is exhilarating. Anytime you do hot seats in your training, you bring people up, you have no idea what they are going to give you to work with, that is living on the knife edge of now. And when you are seasoned, that's another way. One, you prove to the audience you actually do know what you're talking about. And two, that is where it keeps it fresh for you. All right, Lauren, so your claim to fame, oh, you're a VIP, and they play you to work on the convention committee. I don't know why I have that VIP label take it. All right, good. So what, what, if you were going to give a presentation tomorrow to a paying audience, what would it be about? It would be on how to use strategic, strategic communication to 10x your effectiveness. Good. What that? One clap, deliver the opening, and I'll see if there's anything. The exercise was more specific, but we'll see what you've got. Here's Lauren. Rhetoric is everywhere. It doesn't matter if you know how to recognize it or not. You use it. Other people use it against you. And you can use it to make it work for you a hell of a lot better. Okay, stop there. Rhetoric is a great, great word that has been around for centuries. Could you raise your hand if you could now give us a very good, close to dictionary definition of rhetoric? Thought so. <laughs> <laughs> Too big of a word. 
want you to do is when you do that, I want you to stand still. You can certainly engage the entire audience. And so what you do, you put your feet slightly going out. So it's very easy for you to pivot your body. But how do we look confident, we stand still, and what do we all want to do as new speakers? No, you want to reach forward. Well, one of my speech coaches, Ron Arden, years ago, to say, Patricia, bring them to you, don't go to them. So stand with authority. And I want you to deliver your opening line to that nice, friendly face there. And then deliver your opening line, and then you might go over there to deliver your second line to their third. All right, one at a time. And slow down, because this is a fascinating opening, but nobody could give you the clear definition, even though we all know the word. So here's Laura. So it might interest you to No, 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 there's no sir. Oh, and I yell at people for doing that. This is what happens by being in a stressful situation. This is the creative process. And let's honor the very brave people that we're putting in the hot seat. Sending our love to this audience, this side of the audience first. In fact, why don't we move over here and then it'd be even easier. Good. So deliver your opening line to one of these friendly faces at this table. Just one line at a time. This is putting your words under the magnifying glass. It might interest you to know that rhetoric is everywhere. It's been around for centuries, for millennia. Would you say, and I don't know I'm asking you, would you say centuries, would you pick one word rather than giving two? Yes. yes. When which word would you like? Centuries. Who said centuries? Everyone. <laughs> now the millennia sounds very clever, but may, often we can too clever ourselves. And because we don't want to make the audience feel less intelligent than they are because they can't give us the definition. So let's stick with the word centuries that we're all comfortable with and probably use. I don't know if that has a psychological reason for doing it this way. However, it feels right. So let's assume there is some great psychology behind it. Right, so start from the top, one at a time. And this is, it's very difficult to pick up the third one. You build it into your body, and this is how you internalize your message. A segment at a time, then a segment at a time in the next part. 
then the next pop, and the next pop. Now go back to the beginning. This is how I get my executives to conversationally write these speeches and get it in a section at a time. Let's write the next session, go back the first, do the second again. Write the third. Now go back to the beginning, put them all in. This is how you get it in your body. Here's Laura. Oh crap, I forgot how I was supposed to start. Wow. <laughs> This is family friend. <laughs> Here's Laura. It might interest you to know that you use rhetoric daily. Now, here's a principle. 98% of the time, any unit of time is a setup phrase. You'll see this demonstrated in my keynote tomorrow. What is the in comedy, there's a setup phrase and there's a punch phrase. Take my mic, please. And if a comedian s says any word, even right, you kill the impact of the joke. Taking this into business communication, consider it a setup phrase and an impact phrase. And the impact phrase in that sentence is not. Day. Every day you impact friends. You're not getting any more applause. Start at the top. <laughs> <laughs> should I try? Should I try? One other technique. One other technique. Just deliver the opening line to the audience so they can see. Just as you did. I'm, I'm trying to unpack what you just said. I want you to do the opening more? line exactly as you did. The, the one with the daily at the end? No, the first the first line. First iteration. The very first line, just one line. It might interest you to know that rhetoric is everywhere. All right. I am going to I don't know. And how do you know what works best? You do it both ways, and your audience will tell you. And this is why you have friends who are speakers. It might interest you to know. What's the difference? No. Hand down, hand up. It might interest you to know. Oh, it might interest you to know. You were more interest this way. Now it's very good to show your audience your palms because it's you're open. And and if you're in a bar and a woman has shown you her palms, she's interested. Just so you know. No extra charge for how to pick up women. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I know my natural would be to go like more like this. The audience tells you, they just told you, they would rather you, it might interest you to know. Now keep your hands smooth, not jumping. might interest you to know. But rhetoric has been around You might not be familiar with the definition. However, as professional communicators, I'm confident you benefit from. I'll give that a go. Oh, we'll do your version of that. Now you have a wonderful clap. Here's Laura. It might interest you to know that rhetoric is everywhere. 
You use it daily. It's been around for centuries. But it's likely that you don't However, however I would bet money. However, I would bet money that most of you don't know the definition. That's you. Here's another technique. You don't speak to an audience. You speak to one person a hundred times. Because when I say you, everyone feels the audience, the speaker is talking to me. This is how you make an emotional connection. You could say, who amongst us? But it's more, you're talking to one person. I think with that, my darling, give us the definition of rhetoric. <laughs> it is the art and strategy of public speaking. I love it. Good. struggle with is, on the one hand, you want to use a one-line explanation that will get them to ask how. On the other hand, I worry that if I don't give any indication right up front what the how is, why the Well, understand the, the premise, the premise is for you. Right. To clarify your thinking. Mm -hmm. And in many situations, when I am teaching presentations, after my introductory set up, I might say, my premise is, every CAPS member can, blah, 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 blah. There are other ways, the, the premise is the big idea, and you have to make it obvious. You might not use those exact words. So for example, with one presentation, I have a story that the punchline is, life is a series of sales situations, the answer is no if you don't ask. Then I said, and we are here to sell you on the concept that your future is bright with this group and that group, because that was what I was brought in to do. So it's a matter of how do you go for your opening and then communicate the big idea of what the presentation is about. Well, I guess I'm thinking more in terms of selling the presentation. Like when you're in a conversation, last night you asked me, what do I do? Yes. So I can give a one-liner. Okay, what do you do? I help companies grow in an era of increasing competition. Exactly. So your premise is every, now depending who the audience is. So who's your next audience? Uh, my next one's actually a Rotary Club. Okay, every business owner can, so every Rotarian, now most Rotarians are managers or business owners, so you can say, every Edmonton Rotarian can grow in an era of increasing competition. Yes. Is that also your result? Well, well yeah, you're yeah. going to prove that with how they would do that, and yes, I would say that's going to be the result. Because the result of you being here is that your presentations, however long, whatever subject, whoever your audience, whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced, will be more powerful and persuasive. If I do my job wrong. And so 
There's no need for me to explain up front. No, no. If I say, what are you going to talk about? And you say, uh, every Rotarian can grow the business, doesn't matter how good it is, and we're going to do this. No, you're giving me the outline as well. You're giving me your talking points and examples. You've got your big idea. You're there. Don't work any harder than that. You're there. For the I'm so damn good, I should be giving the presentation. <laughs> Where are my people? Be proud and put your hand up. No. Elaine praise for the hand up. Elaine praise for the hand up. I saw it. I think you were another. In short, specific answers, is there any phrase, idea, suggestion that you find valuable and perhaps a new idea or a take on a, a, an old idea that you would say, I would not have said it that way or I would not have known that or even I am going to do that in my presentation. So I'm looking for the advanced season speakers. Put your hand up and we'll get to all the season. Come on, runners, where are you? We got hands up. We need to get all these brilliant minds and Randall, put your hand up. You're a, a million, uh, you know, NSA. It's not 350,000, it's a million. Put your hand up, your season. What did you learn from this presentation, even as a seasoned presenter? I would, <clears throat> I would not have said, it may surprise you to know or how would you say? How did you say? What was it? What, it may interest you. It may interest you because now, now it's being. What if it doesn't interest me? I would well, have gone right into it and said, rhetoric, rhetoric has been around for centuries. Okay, and that is certainly an approach. A lot of this is not a matter of right or wrong. It's theatrical choice. However. Because getting people's attention is sometimes tough, especially if they're still walking in or they're getting their coffee, that it might be to get their attention and it would be my interest, surprise. There are different emotions you could put in. All I would say for the seasoned speakers who know what they do works, Try it with the next three presentations and see if it feels or the results are different. So when often we say to the audience, which did you like best, this or this? The audience will tell you, and your real life paying audience will tell you. Go, go. Okay, are we making, it's Richard. Richard, I'm over here. Stand up. I've lost track now. Are we talking about that presentation or we're talking about what did you did you hear any suggestion idea in this presentation that you as a seasoned speaker would use or surprised or loved? Uh, well the comment from Ron Hart and, and I worked with Ron Hart. And he said to me that exact phrase, don't go to them, have them come yeah, to like you. And I struggle with that sometimes because I, I don't Okay, this is not a soliloquy. This is a one-night <laughs> Otherwise, they're going to be peeing themselves. That's all. That's all. Good. Perfect. Great. And it's great. Oh, we all done. struggle with different aspects. Next, next season's 
speaker, Russell. <laughs> Specificity. Uh, no, no, I'm talking about my name. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, Patricia, you know, everything that you said, I mean, many of us have heard them before, uh, but for me, you're the total master of pause. And I just love watching you do that pause. And it doesn't sound fake. It just sounds so natural. I love it. Thank you. I second that. And perhaps at this point, stand up so you're easy to find for the runners. What I loved was that you really helped this lovely lady to um, really connect with us emotionally. Because for me, there was no emotion. I was backing away. But at the end, I felt like I wanted to lean in. Good, thank you. I'm a writer, Patricia, and so the transcription idea, Sam Horn's newsletter, she walks and talks into her phone while she walks, and then she sends it to the transcriptor, and that's how she keeps getting better and better, because, and that's how she writes books. So for me, and for those of you who get my notes, you can get them transcribed now into your speeches, great. Perfect, yeah. Easy. Hi, Patricia. I want to be you when I grow up. <laughs> I, I work with uh, leaders and business or politicians, and what I take away from this is something that's so key. A lot of them say to me, well, you know, I mean, I just go up there and I wing it. And you gave me the phrase, trust, hard work, rehearsals, don't trust your inspiration, because your inspiration can fail with being creative. This is wonderful. Thank you so much. And don't tell them it's hard work. <laughs> it's the process. But often my clients say, well, hang on a second. I say, just trust the process. Now, as they get to know us, they will trust when we say trust the process. How long will it take? I don't know. You just have to trust the process. Good. Yeah, yeah Patricia, I am a Rotarian. So uh, I'm going to use the line. So every, was my dad. Every, he had 32 years, 100% attendance. That's unreal. That is fantastic. So I, I'm going to use every Rotarian uh, can have a finish the race attitude. So that's my. Good. I'm going to tie it in to any group. Perfect. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I just love you. Aside from that, I love to be loved. As first season speakers. Now, what idea, yes. so we can send them to their bathroom so the and coffee yeah. break? Oh yes, it's very important. The, the best is interaction, how to get people to feel honored, we call them out, and not make them feel that they're going to look stupid, particularly when they don't speak English as their mother tongue. Sure. And I love this. Let's honor the very brave people for being put in the hot seat. A couple of things. VIP means that you've been here. No, very stop there. Stop there. Stop there. But that wasn't my idea. A couple of not things: ideas, suggestions, ideas. I know. What I liked was your uh, way of connecting the end piece of here's what you're going to go back to your team with. And these are the things you're going to hold them accountable. So that was the one piece that I was missing. At the but I bet stage. the word things wasn't in it. No, it was not. <laughs> it was not. And the other, other idea <laughs> that I really liked that you demonstrated was the hot seat. 
So though I've seen it, I was it just tricked that I could do it more often in a better kind of different way. Perfect. Good. Give them a hat. Ladies and gentlemen, remember, are you practicing to improve or to reinforce bad habits? You are doing both until you put your words and your actions under the magnifying glass. We are speaking to be remembered and repeated. And very often we speak to the audience of our audience. We cannot trust inspiration. The very least, when you walk on stage, you need to know how you're going to open, how you're going to conclude, and hold the overview of your presentation in your mind. You might not have time on the actual stage to go through every area, but you can through, talk through. Talking point one, you can tell this story, that story, this. You can talk through the overview. And then, if you are here early, you will know do your, be your own warm-up act and engage the audience who is here early and there is content. However, when you have a simple logical structure, some opening scripting, it will be easier to work on the delivery. And even though your message is universal, let us focus on this audience at this time. And as my brother Robert Frick, 42nd best guitarist in the history of the world, living or dead, by Rolling Stone magazine, who with his group King Crimson last night was just in Paris. They've had packed out crowds, but what he says, and this is especially important for the seasoned speakers, he says, it is the when we speak, it is the assumption of innocence within a context of experience. Which means, although you might have been talking about your subject for 30 years, when we put our foot on stage, this is the first time in this venue, with this audience, with this content. That is the innocence. It is new, it is fresh. What helps us carry it over is the experience. Laurence Olivier was asked, how come you are such a great actor? He said, I have the humility to rehearse and the confidence in my performance. You have earned yourself a fifteen minute break. <laughs>
legend in this of this particular industry everything she said it's really 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 amazing she's an amazing lady um after the little break uh, we had we had the second part of her presentation and uh, uh, it's amazing also how she can do a focused laser coaching on her feet uh, through individuals and i believe as much as you can learn from the illustration and presentation it's much much more apport uh, bigger opportunity for us to learn from simply listening to her comment on an actual presenters i will uh, encourage you to turn to the second episode or the following episode and uh, look for patricia Freb part two and you will find me there thank you for listening to with whale the ultimate show